Left. Right. Hi there. Thank you for joining this episode of Sip Talk. Today I'm sharing some thoughts uh, that have been through my mind over the last couple of weeks. I'm trying to be nice. Uh, talk about the new reindeer. Macy's invented a new reindeer this year. Um, we also talk about some taboo topics we try to avoid on the podcast. We get into uh, some racial elements and uh, some transgender elements. And uh, it's interesting how that conversation plays out. Um, also, uh, I want to wish you guys a happy holidays. Thank you guys for joining the podcast. As always, whether you're watching or you're listening, any interaction you have with the podcast helps us out. So please like, comment, share, rate the podcast. We love it all. And uh, from the bottom of my heart, I appreciate that. Thank you, and I'll see you on the other end. This is Sip Talk. Grab a drink and enjoy. That means we are live. I think I hear you cracking a can over there. Welcome, everyone, to Sip Talk. This is Sip Talk, episode 154. My name is Justin DiGiulio out of my basement in New Jersey, joined by James, the Bosnator Boswell philosopher, accountant, referent, bartender. He's, uh, he's, he's got all the different uh, endings to the different words that are... I'm, I'm a bit out of sorts. I'm a little sick, sucking down cough drops over here. Um, so, uh, you gotta, you gotta try to drag me along, but today I got a couple of, a couple of stories, some things that happened over the last couple of weeks. I thought it'd be nice to share. So I'm going to do my best to, uh, gonna do my best to share them with you. Um, what's going on down there in South Carolina? Um, I wouldn't know cause I don't go outside. Yeah, man. <laughs> Let me ask uh, you a question. You, you work from home. Yeah. So, uh, how many days a week do you actually leave the confines of your property line? Two or three. Like Sunday, I played golf. Saturday, I had to leave the apartment because I was selling the Miata. So I spent. Oh, damn. You, you sold the Miata. Mm hmm. Oh, man. Very disappointed in you. I, I had to. Well, if you weren't using it, that, it is what it is. Like, yeah. Two weeks ago, the alternator blew up on me. And that was about $750. Like, I also had to do like an oil change and replace a tire, but it was like 750 bucks I had to throw into it. And I don't drive more, like, I, I might drive 20 miles a week right now. And I just, I don't even <laughs> having, need, having I don't two need vehicles, doesn't two cars. Actually, I have three cars. I don't need three cars. I need like half of one. Yeah. And well, I just was like, you know what? The reason why the alternator blew up was probably because the battery was always dead and I always had to jump it. So every time I was driving it, the alternator was basically working at full tilt. And yeah, that makes the, sense. by not driving it, my maintenance costs on it were actually higher. And I'm just like, it doesn't make any sense for me. To, I got you. All right. Well, just it. for the record, somebody who says they could get by with half a car, that is basically a motorcycle. Um, a motorcycle would be cool. I would need to learn how to ride one. And... I'm thinking possibly in a year down the line, um, 
of getting something else that would be stupid. Like right now, one candidate would be like a 2009 Corvette. Uh, yeah, I'm not a huge Corvette fan, but that would be stupid. <laughs> so I'm not I'm not against the idea. Um, so, look, I want to I want to acknowledge uh, Rosh had a post online today and it said uh, puppies are not Christmas presents. They're a 15 year commitment. I, uh, I kind of like that. I think uh, I think if you're giving somebody a dog for Christmas, like you either you're dumb and like you're just like, oh, that would that'll make a nice present. Or you're like really like, you know, there's a real kind of symbolism and sign behind that gift. I think the only time that a pet is an appropriate gift is if the person has been talking about how much they want to get a pet. <laughs> That's possible. I have a, I got a buddy that uh, is going through some relationship issues, but really I think the the difficulty might be getting her to stick around. And uh, I think a puppy might, <laughs> might be a really good gift for him to give this year. <laughs> No, that's terrible. You might know who I'm talking about, but I, I can, conversa- conversation for off air. But but the puppy idea is literally what popped into my head when I saw. Yeah, I saw. but now it's it's the same logic there as it is of well, we should have kids together. That'll increase our commitment to each well, other. And and the puppy being kind of one step below. Um, so here I got a got a couple of things I want to talk about. I want to talk about some bad drivers today. I want to talk about uh, a couple of a couple of racist things, you know, types of topics that we we try not to broach uh, too deep into as a couple of white guy, white straight guys on uh, on a podcast, especially on air. But uh, I don't think we're going to go too too far over the line. A little uh, transgender story and uh, and some power power crazy people. You finally uh, decided to start hormone therapy. Good. Good for I you. Did, yeah. Yeah. I'm hoping my hair will grow back if I, if I, uh, start to, it's possible. Um, so, but a couple of thoughts that popped into my head. I just wanted to share, you know, share them, expand on them a little bit, run them by you because I always like your perspective on these things. But, uh, I thought of a, a good example a few weeks ago when I was driving home, just some, some dumbass drivers on the road. And, uh, and I thought this is a great example of where teaching to pass the test gets you. Because when it comes to learning how to drive, driving schools don't typically do a great job in teaching you like really how to handle a car, right? They're not teaching you like how to handle the car, handle the car. They're teaching you how to steer and orient the car and park. Um, And they're teaching you the laws that the test is going to be based on. But I don't think they do a really good job to really reinforce kind of the essence of driving and some more of the more nuanced things when it comes to driving, like uh, how important it is, because, you know, they, you're supposed to turn off your head, be your high beams when somebody's approaching you, but that's not really something that's going to come up in the driver's test. Some so of that, the newer cars today automatically do that. Oh yes. Yeah. I'm very much aware. I was driving a car that did that. It was freaking me out. I didn't like it. How about the cars that have the indicators when somebody is in your blind spot on the uh, on the mirror? Have you been in one of those? Yeah, that's actually a nice feature. I have in uh, in the A7. There's it allows you to dim that so it's not as bright. But I, it really bothers me when it goes on and and kind of blinks when somebody's in the blind spot because I find that distracting. So the no, A7 no, it shouldn't you, be. It, yeah, it shouldn't be like, distracting. 
when I was in San Diego, we rented a Nissan and it had one of those, but it was really like the only time that it would show up is if you were signaling, then it would, it would, it would be like a light on the mirror. I don't remember exactly where I think it was on the mirror. So if yeah. you're signaling, it would give you like a light on the bottom of the mirror or something. Uh, well, so here's what happens when somebody's in the blind spot, mine illuminates. And then if you signal that you're going to turn, it goes spastic. And the first time it happened to me, I thought there was like an ambulance that just popped out of nowhere. <laughs> it started lighting up. But, yeah, uh, I don't really remember because like well, I was checking my blind spot. So like signaling while someone was in my blind spot didn't happen because I would be checking to make sure before yeah, no, I signaled. I, but I don't know. Um, well, but you, you follow me here when I'm saying that that uh, the driver's ed course is a great example of passing people, just teaching people just to pass the exam. And that's why we have so many bad drivers, because they don't learn all of the nuances of driving. I actually think that like a, a proper driver's ed class where you're spending well, like hang on, eight or 10 hours in the car, at least I th those do a decent job. I think we had an exceptional driver's ed teacher and driver's ed course but i imagine that most of them and especially the ones i see driving around the city are nothing like that and i think if you're taking a driver's ed course in queens or the bronx or manhattan it's it's nothing like and could be nothing like the driver's ed course that we took yeah we drove, we drove in a, you know downtown area and then we drove throughout the mountains and the countryside yeah, I remember there was one day where like we did highway driving, another day where we did city driving, and, and the teacher was pretty dedicated to doing a good job. Um, what's really interesting, actually, is that in a lot of countries, you're not able to get a license until you've taken like so many hours of a driving school. Yeah, but my point is just that, from, from what I understand, most driving ed courses and, and driver's ed, they don't teach you much more than just to pass. The driving test. What are you? What are you drinking down there? By the way, speaking of driving. Oh, you know. Are you drinking? Uh, was it Bush Ice? Yep. All right. I just. Uh, I got this unfiltered vodka. I guess I put quite a dent in it in the last episode. So. Uh, uh, all right. So look. So teaching to the test. I, I thought the drivers, drivers, uh, drivers course is a great example of that. That's why you have so many shitty drivers, and I just don't think they drive home, for lack of a better phrase. I don't think they drive home some of the kind of more important things of, of driving, which is why you have so many bad drivers and the implications of bad driving. Cause I see a lot of accidents now that I'm, I'm back in the road almost every day. Well, um, and also some, some driving schools preach excess caution. And I'm not saying that you should drive recklessly, but if you drive too cautiously, that's also dangerous. Like one thing that drives me completely nuts in Charleston is if you're coming up to an intersection and the light's green and there's not traffic like in the intersection that's like you have to slow down so you don't hit somebody like people will be cruising along and then as they get to the intersection break through a green light well that's like why are you slowing down for this intersection that's something that should be driven home in the driver's course just like the avoidance of tapping on your brake when you're on the highway i was on the highway home today going up a hill and a whole bunch of people were tapping the brake as they went up the hill because they, you know, within their comfort level, they got too close to the car in front of them. Yeah, While the, and then, left. of course, they had to instantly push on the gas. Yep. So, it, it, you know, if you're driving uphill, you've got gravity working against you. You just take your foot, you, you gently lift your foot off the gas and you'll slow down in time. Uh, all right. So, so 
uh, one of the things I I want to get into the racist things because I thought it was I'll share the first one with you. I uh, was on the road a couple of weeks ago and I said, hey, wow, look at those ape hangers. That can't be comfortable. And the person I was with said, that's so fucking racist. I don't know what an ape hanger is. Well, I, nor did the person that was uh, that was with me. So an ape hanger is a style of motorcycle handlebars. Where your oh. your hands are up in the air, like you're hanging from a branch, like a ape or a gorilla or you know some type of marsupial, and has nothing to do with race. <laughs> but, no, uh, but the phrase ape hanger uh, struck somebody as racist, and then and then I got called out on being racist. So uh, it's just that added level of of racism that's kind of in the zeitgeist these days is is what I call you know what I'm going to call the the cause of that happening. And, and obviously there's nothing racist about it, but I think we have, you know, for, for, for a lot of good, but then for some bad, uh, you know, what the zeitgeist has going on these days. So, uh, you know, that, but for those of you who don't know what ape hangers are a style of handlebar where your, your hands are placed way above your head and you're almost hanging off of the motorcycle. And I can uh, understand if like if hearing that phrase, with no context and not knowing anything about it, my first assumption would probably be that it's something racist. Well, I didn't realize how unknown that the that the term was, but I I've talked about never it. Heard couple, it before today. I, but the fact that your mind would first go to racism is uh, uh, is what I thought was funny. So uh, all right, so then I so then I got this. I realized this uh, in the the parking lot that I park in in the morning. This. Uh, and I'll share with you what I thought thought after afterwards. I'll share with you that first. Uh, I think that some people may keep their job, even though it doesn't pay as much as they could be earning, because the position gives them power that they wouldn't elsewise have. And that for some people, being in a respected role where you have power over others is to a degree of an importance more than a certain salary or, or income might be. And I know people in the real estate business who really like the power that they have. I don't necessarily know as whether they, you know, they earn a super great amount, but they like having that power because of the number of people they interact with. Have you, uh, have you run into that at all? Um, not in my current, in the accounting world, not really. In the mortgage world, even less so, but I've seen it. I think in the in the in the corporate world where you have kind of that managerial uh, different levels, uh, you're more likely to see that. Well, and a, you, a, a manager yeah. oftentimes doesn't make that much more than their superiors. At the, the company that I currently work for, from my experience, management's pretty good about not just like I think I was talking with the Derv about this yesterday that. He, we were talking about how both of us have gotten like now three vaccines and he's like, both you and I are very much anti-authoritarian, but at the same time, like we're the ones who will follow all the rules for COVID. What's the very, deal with that? And what strange, I pointed yeah. out to him was that our anti-authoritarian bend has nothing to do with authority by itself and everything to do with a disdain for the arbitrary. Yes. I, uh, the disdain for the arbitrary, I have very much so. I think we have a slightly different perspective on the vaccine. But I think you hit the nail right on the head is that the anti-authoritative 
personality aspect comes from disdain for just arbitrary bullshit. And a lot of times managers who have power over whoever, whomever they're managing create arbitrary rules for the sake of using their power because what are the people below them going to do? So with that, I have a great example. So I park in this parking garage, uh, parking lot. It's an open lot. It's uh, near one of the train stations near Manhattan. And it just allows me to take a one stop into Manhattan. I don't have to drive into Midtown. I don't have to pay $82 a day for parking. It costs 30 bucks. So, so this is still in Jersey. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's just, just outside of Manhattan. But it's one stop in. So uh, it makes sense. And I don't have to drive through the tunnel traffic in and out of the city. I just hop on Wait, the train. You're paying $30 a day for parking? Well, it beats $82 a day. So either way, here, let the story. me process that $30 a day for parking is reasonable. Well, it's $52 less than the comparable options in the city. So, so, so <laughs> cost of living, cost of living is, is quite a bit higher in the New York City area. So uh, for those of you who I see ask on TikTok here, I'm drinking uh, unfiltered vodka in a dirty glass. James is drinking bush ice in a warm can. No, it's a cold beer. <laughs> All right. So look, so I put, I put on the parking lot. ice on the can. I usually, uh, <laughs> the word ice on the can. <laughs> I usually see this guy in the parking lot and he kind of directs me to this general area on the mid side of the parking lot. So it's like not right, not, it's not right near the entrance. So I still have a little bit of walk. But I don't mind. The guy's nice and nice to me. Usually see him there and he'll usually tell me to park where there's another truck or two parked on a daily basis. But the parking lot is usually at this time, the morning, nine, nine thirty. It's about 80 percent vacant. Now, I've never really seen the parking lot greater than 60 percent capacity. So it's, you know, it's, it's 20, at 20 percent capacity right now. So uh, I look around, I pull in slowly, look around for the guy. I don't see him. I kind of troll through. I don't see him. I see a, a pickup truck parked in the area where I normally park in. I drive next to that pickup truck and I park one space away from him. Now we are surrounded by zero cars for at least four to six spaces in any direction. All of a sudden, the guy pops up out of nowhere and he goes, uh, Hey, uh, I'm going to need you to park uh, right over there. I said, well, one space to the right. And he said, yeah, yeah, I need you to park over there. <laughs> so because uh, I'm a nice guy and I wasn't in a rush or anything this morning. I pulled out, backed into the space, one space over. And that was that. I jumped out, told him to have a nice day and walked to the train. But on my walk. Glancing around the parking lot, realizing that it is still 80% vacant and uh, couldn't figure out why he needed me to move. Did you ask? No. I would have. I, I didn't want to have any confrontation. It wasn't a big deal. But it occurred to me that, that I don't think he had a real reason for me to move either. Except that he liked exercising that power over somebody especially somebody as cordial as I am in the morning. Cause I imagine probably there's a decent amount of dicks and, and he just kind of likes having control. By the way, 
And for those of you who are wondering this, because this isn't the case in all parking lots, this is a self-parking section of the parking lot. I don't know if there's a valet section, but there are signs that say self-parking. So, what if you were to just park wherever? Are they going to tow you? No, I don't. I don't. And you take the key with you, which is also very uncommon, at least in in Manhattan, that you take the key with you because if they need to relocate your car, they would. They'd want to be able to move the car. So. Uh, so Rosh is saying it sounds like I'm eating. I'm sucking on a cough drop because I got a little uh, little under the weather um, over the weekend. I don't want to be coughing into, uh, into the microphone. Sorry about that. So. Um, so, yeah, that. Uh, that was my thinking on power. And then the last thing on the power thing is that. Is why are some people with power. So super nice, so caring, so gentle with exercising their power while others are so fucking rude and just want to wield every ounce of power that they have. What's the, what is that? My theory and, is... And by the way, this guy was neither of them. He was neither of them. He kind of fell in the middle, but you don't see that very often. And also, I didn't, I didn't contest. I didn't contest what he said. So that may have pushed him to one side or the other of the spectrum. My first, my first thought was to answer with the word confidence... But I've now changed. I, I want to change my answer. The people that have power but exercise it responsibly and 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 kindly, and versus the people that just kind of have like a tiny little bit of power. It, it's are you fulfilled in other areas of your life? If you are, then you don't need to lord your power over others because you get nothing from it. But if this, wherever you have this power, if that's the only thing you have going on in your life, then that's the only thing you have look for, to look forward to every single day. And I, I think, and that's why I said I think some people may keep their job despite it not paying as well as other potential positions because they like having, they find this having whatever level of power somewhat fulfilling. But I do think you're right. If you're, if you have control over over your life in other places. And you 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 know have something fulfilling outside of the workplace. You're not going to be wielding your power, or as you phrased it, I, I quite liked lording your power <laughs> uh, uh, over others. And uh, and but it's it's something I very commonly see. And you know, unfortunately, I I find myself uh, having to deal with people that have some type of power that I just kind of have to roll with and just bend over and, and be nice. And I've seen people in the past, you know, want to basically spit in their face and, and tell them to fuck off. But I know that that is not the right way to deal with somebody like that. So sometimes it is. Uh, yeah, it, it may be, but it depends on whether you can get what you need with or without that person. Um, yeah, all right. Rare, but there are times where it's warranted. All right. So I got, I got, Basically, uh, I got three more things here. I want to talk about a nice Christmas holiday drink. I guess we're great on time, so it doesn't really matter. But I got a got a cool holiday drink idea I wanted to share with you. I think we're we are hosting Christmas Eve in the casa this year, so uh, I was trying to come up with a good Christmas drink for kind of non cocktail drinkers. So anything can't be too a, boozy. Can't be too boozy. It can't really have that mezcal smoke or the um, the, you know, they're not fans of gin, um, 
I've got one for you. A, a scotch or a mezcal, like I said, probably not work. Wouldn't work. But I, I have an idea. But I'm curious. What's what's your idea? Fish house punch. <clears throat> uh, being called punch, I think is is probably going to knock it off the off the list. But what do you what do you have? It's what, a punch. A, what and what what is a fish house punch? Oh, there's a lot in it. I have to. I don't remember the recipe off the top of my head, but it's actually fairly strong. But it doesn't taste strong. Um, we got we got eggnog uh, coming through uh, on uh, on TikTok. Yeah, that, well, that's predictable. Eggnog's great. I you know I may actually. It's not a bad idea. Maybe I, I would make some actual eggnog uh, this year. But uh, so what's what's a fish house punch as you as you Google search it. All right. So this makes about 10 cups, one cup sugar, three and a half cups water, one and a half cups lemon juice, one bottle of Jamaican amber rum, 12 okay. ounces cognac, two ounces peach brandy. All right. So so let's just pare this down. Sugar, water. What was it? Lemon, lemon juice? juice, rum, cognac, cognac. And that was a peach schnapps or something. Peach brandy, peach stops peach, would probably also it's, work. It's probably it's the peach flavoring. Uh, interesting. I'll uh, I keep that in mind. I'm not a big fan of the peach flavored drinks. The, dude, there's it's two ounces in ten cups. Fair enough, but but I'm gonna be making a lot of it, so we'll we'll see. I have uh, I'll share my two stories, and then people can hate the shit out of me. Actually, better one. Make uh, some kind of like peppermint patty drinks so godiva be, black be godiva way, white way too sweet yeah go godiva ahead. black godiva white yep um creme de menthe mm-hmm. and vodka sounds like a wonderful drink to me i don't think that would i think that's gonna people will be vomiting but uh <laughs> i mean <laughs> and they, the vodka is not, not to make it stronger the vodka is just to cut it yeah because it's it's almost like a it, it would be like an eggnog <laughs> Yeah, it would be it would be really really thick and sweet. So the vodka is to dilute the drink without watering down, without yeah, without watering it down. So uh, here's my drink this year, and we can maybe we could we could talk about some other holiday drinks. Raj seems to like that idea, but I don't know if you've heard. And this is a theory. I'm hoping that MJ likes my drink recommendation. Yeah, I, I think so because I haven't I haven't named one, so it was it was one or the other. But look, so Macy's has created. You may not have heard of this, but there's a new reindeer. Right. So I don't know, you know, Rudolph was a relatively new reindeer. He's kind of the newest, newest to the the pack. I guess there was eight reindeer and he's number nine. So Macy's this year created a new reindeer. Studolf. The reindeer, the reindeer is called Tiptoe. And of course, Tiptoe out outside of regular reindeer fashion, Tiptoe is a is a blue reindeer. So of course you can figure out what gender he would be yeah uh, i would assume male but actually I, well that's through my language my bad so so tiptoe the blue reindeer is actually a female reindeer so my theory and they have said they said nothing along these lines but i have a theory and well played by macy's part uh that tiptoe is going to be a transgender reindeer what are your what are your thoughts on that or the kind of gender ambiguity they're giving with having a blue reindeer who's a female it doesn't make any sense well i but i think i think that's no because the, the reindeer are not humans that <laughs> really 
animals don't have a concept of gender identity. So, well, they may not identify with their gender as uh, the way humans do, but right. No, they, they like animals. It's a, <laughs> this is a psychological condition, which people, which is legitimate for the people that have it. But notice how I said people who have it. Fair enough. So, but look, I, my, and my thinking is, and I could be wrong on this and I'm not saying, you know, good for them or bad for them, but my thinking is just, this will play out at some point that, that tiptoe is somewhat transgender or, or they're just kind of keeping it, they're keeping it kind of mixed up for the sake of what's going on. in Why do they need another reindeer? I don't know. Good marketing, you know, strategy. They have this talk about this new reindeer. The new reindeer was in the parade. Again, I'm not, I'm not falling, uh, saying this is a pro or a con, uh, the gender identity of the reindeer. I'm just saying, I think it will play out that it is a maybe gender fluid or transgender reindeer, but, uh, she's a blue uh, my research department's on, on it. All right. Well, I'm hoping to get some of your attention because I want to share with, with you this drink idea. Okay. The, the drink idea is called tiptoe and it is a, Rum, blue curacao, and Sprite. I think that's a very easy drink to drink, and it will come out. You just Googled Tiptoe the Reindeer? Yeah, that was what the research department was working and, on. And, and you saw that, that Tiptoe is a very light blue-colored reindeer? Yep. What would, what would be the color for that? Just a light blue? It's kind of a sky blue reindeer? Mm, almost like a periwinkle, but yeah, I feel like it's... periwinkle has a little purple to it. Yeah, but that but that would be roughly the color that drink would make a light rum, and uh, and blue curacao and sprite. I think would make uh, a drink very similar to that color. And if it needed to be a little darker, you just add a little more blue curacao, and then you have the tiptoe drink. And you could drop some little cranberries on top for the little red in the in the drink like you got the red nose on the on the reindeer i'm pretty sure you got the image there tiptoe's got a red nose yeah yeah i'm thinking of i'm i'm, I'm trying to craft some blue curacao drinks in my head right now well either way that's 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 my but if you wanted to do a christmas drink there is a there is a pine liqueur a pine liqueur i do not think would would go over very well i'm trying to think of a drink that would please uh that, that would please somebody who might be drinking this drink yeah it's not something that i would expect to appeal to the masses but i think the rum and curacao with a sprite would be a very easy nice spritzy eat it easy to take down drink <coughs> let's see why i've been sucking on this coffee all right so and now we get the we got the trans deer here um i want to i want to get back into uh a bit of a zeitgeist uh what's the word i'm looking for a zeitgeist caused issue that happened uh the other week so i don't know what zeitgeist means it means like the um well research department should google it and come up with the actual definition but i'm pretty sure it means kind of like what's the the general conversation i'm I'm getting them on it right now all right uh the kind of general uh topics that are going on with with within culture What's the defining the, spirit or mood of a particular period of history as shown by the ideas and beliefs of the time okay so when we talk about uh, uh the trans reindeer i think that would be appropriate and i'm not again i mention it and then people attack me and say oh you're you're you know you're saying this or that. i'm not saying it's a bad thing i'm just saying my thinking is that 
ultimately that's that's where Macy's is going with this. Um, and then on the zeitgeist, uh, another racial issue. I said ape hangers talking about motorcycle handlebars. There's nothing racist about it. It refers to there's no there's no racial aspect of the comment. So, um, you know, my girlfriend has a Hispanic last name. And, I would assume she did. Okay, so we uh, we both well she, a couple of weeks ago. I'm, uh, let me back up. I'm tiling the basement, so I went out and I bought these tiles. Went to buy a, a nice tile saw because I don't currently have a tile saw. So went out to buy this tile saw and realized they were minimum five hundred bucks. So or I could get one that won't do a great job cutting. It's not an electronic saw. It kind of scores. It scores the uh, the piece of tile, and you got to crack the tile. But if you don't score it correctly, you crack down on the tile. It's not going to uh, you're not going to get a, a straight line. It may crack into the tile, and then you just got to scrap that piece. So for the amount I was spending on the tile, I didn't you know I didn't want to spend another fifty percent having to replace all the tile that I bought. Plus, they're heavy as fuck to transport. Um, I wanted to get a decent tile saw. So the starting price was uh it was about 500 600 bucks so what do i do i go to facebook marketplace which for people who aren't familiar with it's basically the new craigslist uh with an added level of security because they're linked to actual people's profiles you can check out the seller and uh we were in the car i, I said to her sent him a message she said well this one's 275 bucks i said okay look it up see you know see what what value it is it was like a. 750 or $800 saw, and it looked like it was in good shape. So I said, message them, see if they'll take 200 bucks. So her message was, would you take 200? And uh, five minutes goes by, nothing. 10 minutes goes by, no response. We were messaging other people. So then I got on, I was like, but damn, that's a, that's a really good deal for a tile saw. That's a nice saw. It's an MK. MK makes, makes good tile saws. So I messaged them and I said, I'm in your area today. Can I come pick this up? Not two minutes go by and I get a response that says, I have to make sure my husband will be home. Send me your number. And then they called. Now, uh, we were joking in the car that they were racist. And uh, when I got them on the phone, uh, the husband called me and I said, Hey man, you know, I'm in the area. I'm doing a tile job. I, I could really use a saw. Would you take 200? And he said, you know what? Uh, when can you be here? And then I went over and I, I then mowed him 200 bucks. We had a deal. So my question for you was, were the sellers racist? Not enough information. Exactly what I say. <laughs> The answer could be yes, it could be no. And, and, um, because the was... thing is your control group is not set properly because your girlfriend's message to the seller was different than your message to the seller. So the fact that the seller responded to you but not her could be because you opened differently. Well, that's that's what I said. And and um, <laughs> we've been referring to them as the, the, the racist uh tile saw people jokingly knowing that knowing that probably you know we'll give them the benefit of the doubt hopefully they're not um but uh, you know we were joking around about it because we had it inconclu inconclusive data in the sense that we did not have enough information 
And what I felt like was with the zeitgeist, the majority of people would just err to the fact that, well, they answered me and not her. So therefore they must be racist. If both opening messages were the same, then you would have a stronger case. Well, you know, you know what the, and, and, uh, you'll see right through this, but the response to what you are telling me, and I'm agreeing with you because that was my theory as well, was that that's what you would say as a white man. But I am a white man. <laughs> but that's what you would say. So they are racist. That's <laughs> Not just, only that's you, what I would say, that's what I did say. <laughs> that's your that's your perspective. Um, only been no, a white I, man. I obviously I think racism is a terrible thing, but I think uh, in the zeitgeist that the fact that we're using it more often and in places maybe where we shouldn't be is not doing the cause any favors. And there was no race involved. There's no, you know, there's no knowing of racism. And, uh, you know, just like the ape hanger incident that had nothing to do with race and the, the way the current zeitgeist is, is going is a very prevalent thing. And, and that's unfortunately sad because it affects things that maybe it shouldn't affect. And that does a disservice to the cause. Um, all right. And, uh, and then I got, I got one more funny story for you. This one, I want to, I want to bring some levity here. Uh, <laughs> I hope I deliver the story right because the way that it was delivered to me, um, I, I laughed my ass off. Uh, who does this involve? Uh, a friend of mine. I laughed my ass off for, uh, for about 20 minutes after, after uh, upon hearing the end of the story. And, uh, and then every time I think of the story, I laugh my ass off and this is all bad stuff. And I'm trying my best to make light of it. Um, because, uh, it, it's all in the eye of the beholder and, and you have to make light of as much as, as you can these days, unless it is serious. And then it, then, then maybe not like we were talking about the, the kid that, right, shot, tell the story. that shot in the school last week and, uh, and it's crazy parents. Obviously, you can't make light of that. And that's serious, serious issue. So a friend of mine went to date uh, a few weeks ago. Date went pretty well, but they uh, they were at a bar and they uh, they both had a decent amount to drink. They weren't like slobbering, sloppy drunk, but they they were a little buzzed and uh, and they decided to part ways. Nobody was getting any action that night. Uh, at least that's that's what they thought. And uh, she said that she lived nearby. So when they left, uh, he tailed her, car, tailed her in the car to make sure she got home safe, make sure she didn't get pulled over. Did she know that he was doing this? Well, she must have known. They both got in their cars and he was right behind her. But a few blocks. Did he tell her that's what he was hold doing? Hold on, hear, hear me. A few blocks, a few blocks away, she pulled over and she, uh, she waved him, rolled down her window, stuck her arm out, waved him up to the car. And then she... Uh, he, he's standing next to the window. She got the window down. She crawls her finger forward and kind of says, come here. So he leans forward. He's expecting, uh, you know, expecting a good night kiss or something. So he leans through the window and she grabs him by the throat. <laughs> she got him in a chokehold lock. And, uh, <laughs> and she said, uh, don't ever follow someone home. You fucking creep. <laughs> and, uh, 
and then pushed him away, rolled up her window and sped out of there. Now, now, hold up, because you were you were right, right off the bat. You were right, right off the bat. And this was a major faux pas on uh, on his part. And you got to hear the story from the perspective of my friend saying this is what happened. This is this is a. Do you believe this? And I'm like, dude. Yeah, I I completely (laughs) believe it. You're an idiot. (laughs) I'm like, dude, I under. But what makes and I I hate explaining the, the fuck out of this, but what makes it funny is you have to be in his mind. You have to be in his mind in the moment where you think you're doing something nice, which you should never do. If you're listening to this, that's a terrible idea. And you you called me out in the middle of telling the story. Did she know? Did he say, hey, I'll tell you home? No. And that's that's where she is vindicated with her action, uh, even though it's a bit crazy, a bit loco. It's a bit of an overreaction, but it's justifiable. Yes. But uh, yeah, I felt I felt really bad for this guy because he goes, yeah, the date went really well. And uh, no, it didn't. (laughs) Well, not in the end, not in the end. But I'm sure up until up until like up until like two blocks into the journey, (laughs) she may have been thinking the same thing. And then, you know, they go like around another corner and uh, and he turns with her. So, right, because so, so then how she does stopped. she know so that he's stopped. following her home that she makes to make sure that she gets home safely or she he's following her home so he can go up to her apartment with her and forcibly do things? Yeah, no, 100 percent true, 100 percent true. And there's no way for her to know. And uh, and that is a creepy as fuck move. Right. Um, so the easiest solution here is what I've already suggested. When when you're going your your, your separate ways, you say. Would you like me to follow you home to make sure you get home safe? So, uh, <laughs> I, it's not even hard to ask. I'm, I'll give you one more story that happened to this guy, and it happened maybe uh, a month before. Is this someone I know? No, it's not. And and I'm not naming any names, and it, and it wouldn't be fair for me to me to. I'm share not asking you to name names. I'm so, saying, is this someone I know? Because I could probably figure it out based on some other context. No, no, no. It's 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 nobody you know. Um, I'll give you one more story, and, and hopefully nobody knows either a story, so they, um, <laughs> so they can't they can't tie they figure out the identity of this person. But I'm trying to change a couple of details. Uh, so my uh, I'll make up some names here. Um. So uh, for the sake of the story also, uh, so my friend Rob is on the train and uh, about a year ago, uh, he ended this relationship and he was, he was really bummed out about it for, uh, for a while. And I guess she ended it. So he was, he was really depressed for a while. And, uh, you know, over the last four or five months, he's gotten his life back together. Obviously he's dating, not the greatest at dating. Cause he followed the chick home from the bar in his car, but, uh, uh, but Rob's a good guy and, uh, he's come to terms with the breakup. And as far as he knew, you know, they hadn't had any contact really. So things weren't on bad terms. It just ended and it was a year ago and it's over with. So Rob, is he still following her home? <laughs> well, <laughs> so Rob sees his ex on the subway, on the subway platform. And, uh, it's a big platform, a bunch of trains go through. And uh, he says, uh, hey, Joanna. And Joanna doesn't turn. So uh, the train that's, that's in the station clears out. And the woman's still standing. And Joanna's still standing there. And the train clears out. It's a little quieter. And he yells, Joanna. 
and uh, she does, and he's kind of excited to see her. He hasn't seen her in a year. He's now feeling like a new man, right? Like when you're depressed and you don't want to run into an ex, you, you feel bad, but he's feeling like a new man. He wants to say hi. It's the right thing to do. It's almost he's single. He doesn't know her status, but it almost seems like fate right there on the same subway platform in New York City where there's thousands of subway platforms, thousands of people in that millions of people in on the sees on the not even in the train or in a passing car, Caesar on the subway. Now this is an outdoor platform, so it's open air. Yeah, he, he yells second time, Joanna doesn't uh doesn't uh hear him, whatever. So he he takes out his phone and he uh he snaps a picture of her and he doesn't have her number saved anymore, but he, he remembers it. So he, he, te- he texts, he texts this phone number, sends the message of a picture with her. And he's, he's like, you know, he said something kind of funny, kind of witty uh, about, you know, like, uh, you know, sorry to be bothering you or you, you're ignoring me or something. And, and she doesn't, her, you know, she doesn't even look down at her phone. He's out, he's looking right at her. She doesn't even look down at her phone. So he, you know, another like three minutes goes by because trains don't come one after the other. You can be sitting there for sometimes 12 minutes. So three minutes in this situation feels like an hour. And finally, he's like, you know what? <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to walk over and, and say hi. So so she uh, she's still standing there, hasn't really moved. She's not looking at her phone. She's just kind of standing there aloof to whatever's going on. He uh walks over and she's facing kind of three quarters to the other direction. He puts his hand on her shoulder and says, Joanna. And she turns to him and says, the fuck is wrong with you? You fucking creep. Don't you ever lay your hands on a woman? What the fuck is wrong with you? Get away from me. Get away from me. And uh, as she gets really upset and in his face, he realizes this isn't Joanna at all. (laughs) Yeah, I saw that coming. This guy is really, really bad at understanding situations. Well, uh, again, if you put yourself in this guy's shoes, which I did as he's telling me this story, Rob, of course, I, uh, oh man, that was soul crushing. And not expecting, of course, not expecting a complete stranger who was milliseconds ago, your ex of three, of three years, uh, Joanna, who you spent three years with, there are so many things that he could have read into the situation to deduce that this was not his ex-girlfriend. Well, the fact that he just screamed her name, maybe she was ignoring him. No, because it's, it's impossible to ignore somebody. Like when you hear your name, you will automatically kind of like turn. And then like if it's somebody that you want to ignore, you can do it afterwards. But like that first blush reaction is... Unless you are going through life purposely training your mind to never respond to your own name, then when you hear your name, you're immediately going to turn. So that's item one. But maybe, item two, but maybe, she up, has bro. her phone maybe. out. He texts her. Hold and up. there's and, and the, Back up, back up. Pause. And then I'll let you finish with number two. But maybe she saw him before he saw her. And, and then, you know, she tried to ignore him. And, and then when she heard her name. She that invented. doesn't help his case. Agreed. Agreed. But how would you uh how would you give up on this moment to share you know to your glory how great you're doing in life with your ex who when you left you were emotionally defeated and destroyed. 
you move on with life. Now, Rosh is a, brings up another good point, saying now he has another layer of aggravation when his ex will receive that picture and tell him she never looked like that girl. Rosh is right. This guy, this guy managed to screw up not just in the moment. Uh, you know what? I, that, uh, there is an aspect of that story that that something about I for, totally forgot that it, it was uh, less theatrical in my mind. Whatever happened with the text message, but yeah, at some point his ex is going to unless providing he got the phone number right. But, well, but, uh, yeah, but hey, dude, breakups aren't fun, especially when you're the party that didn't want to break up, but. It's been a year, man, and even yeah, this chick was either not hearing you, or there, there's no way that she wasn't hearing you because you shouted her name multiple times. If she doesn't respond to Joanna, then it's not her. And then <laughs> if you're going to go up and approach somebody, never do it from behind. Circle around in front so they can see you coming. That will also buy you more time to realize it's not her. <laughs> but then oh, you can God. go up and, and so they can see you coming and then you can and let's just assume that it was her. Now she can see you and you can be like, hey, I thought I saw you from across the platform. It, it's cool running into you. How are you doing? Oh, I, but I, he, I he felt, just did everything wrong. I felt really like every really single step. <laughs> what we need to do is like need like a dog collar one of those shock collars for him and then like start talking him through a situation be like all right you're out on a date this happens and like have one finger on the trigger at all times you say now she says this and he gives a bad answer you you shock him because it's clear that this guy cannot figure this shit out there's there's actually a black mirror episode about a a man who does virtual uh live date coaching and uh, he, you know, you kind of wear like glasses with a live feed and an earpiece, and he uh, he feeds you through uh, through the date. So if I'm out on a date with somebody and they have an earpiece in during the entire date, well, this the the episode takes place in the future where where you don't need an actual earpiece; it's it's implanted in your brain, or uh, you don't actually don't even need glasses; it's implant, implanted in your retina, or it's some type of some yeah, type of contact lens. I, but, I'm talking present day technology. If someone has one earpiece in the entire date, I'm going to like wonder if I'm dating someone who's in like the FBI. I'll tell you the Black Mirror is. Uh, I, I'm assuming you have not seen it. I've seen like one episode of it. Maybe I hope I hope it wasn't the first season. The first season, this first episode of the first season was arguably the worst episode of the. I don't know. There was one episode that had a whole bunch of spiders and I made it like three minutes in and it was like, nope. Oh, yeah. Good episode. Terrible to watch with the spiders. I uh, I think I know which one you're talking about. So look, last thing I wanted to share, because again, this is just kind of this amalgamation of thoughts and, and, and things that have passed in my brain over the last couple of weeks because we've we had some holiday time and uh, I was off for my holiday party. So we, we've been a little inconsistent with the last couple episodes. Um but on on the friend that had uh, the uncomfortable situation with the ex, and the uh, it wasn't even it wasn't with the ex. Well, it was uncomfortable for him. And, it was uncomfortable uh, <laughs> for her too because she's accosted by some stranger. And the the poor choices that led him to being uh, caught in a chokehold 
Yeah, um, I'm kind of understanding why his ex is his ex. <laughs> well, I'm questioning uh, how she ever became his girlfriend in the first place. This guy doesn't read signals. <laughs> there was no signals to read. You just should. There's no signals to say follow me or, or don't follow me. There right. Just, okay. So this guy was, doesn't have any common sense. Um, but yeah, he's, he's not. He's not a dumb guy. He actually. He, You're not he making has, a strong case for him now. A couple of a couple of poor choices there. I feel bad for him. Um, <clears throat> but on uh, on that note, if uh, if you think a girl is going to break up with you, now would be the time to buy her a puppy. Um, that was my take home from this uh, from this episode. It's, I guess if uh, if we're trying to think of bad advice, of if you think a girlfriend's going to break up with you, let me see if I can top that for bad advice. Besides, have a kid with her. Um, uh, all right. Uh, no, that's that's a terrible idea. Don't don't buy someone a puppy. <laughs> different. Uh, so this is actually this is unreal, and this is not this is not joking. I'm sure you'll agree with me here, but. Um, but I heard this today, and that's that uh, a positive person can't bring everybody around them up. Now, if you want to come up, that positive person can have an effect on you and, and help pull you upwards. But if you don't want to come up, the positive person is not going to have any effect on you. Now, a negative person, whether you want to or not, a negative person will pull you down. I would agree. And the more time you spend around a negative person, the more negative t- negativity they're going to impact you with. That was my two cents on that. And I thought that that was some, some really good advice. And, and really that being you need to, uh, you need to avoid negative people. Uh, and, yeah, uh, sure. I would agree with that. And if you want to, uh, if you want to be brought up and, and brought up by somebody who's positive, you have to do your part to want it and uh, and to pull yourself up. But uh, avoid negative people. That was also, it. avoid people that follow you home. <laughs> I'm not surprised that I I'm, I I am surprised that she didn't call him from the car and say, "What the fuck are you doing?" You know, that would have been that I felt would have been maybe the the better choice on her part. Then that given she was a little drunk, but um, and it totally felt to me like she just lured him in with the rolling the window down, the come here, the the curling her finger. I forward. think I think her response was perfect. Well, also if he, you know, she was luring herself, he was luring him to put herself in the danger zone at that. So that you know maybe not. It it was perfect. She's for the in the driver's seat at any point. She can drive away. It was perfect for the theatrical release of the story. It was perfect for that aspect of the story. But no, but, but it made an impression too, because he wouldn't have learned his lesson if she just called him. He needed that. Yeah, maybe too. Because when you said when she beckoned him in, I wasn't expecting the throat grab, but I was expecting a slap. <laughs> but yeah, you saw it. And as he was telling me the story, I was like, ah, this is going to have a negative twist at the end. And, uh, and you shouldn't have followed her home. But then he's telling me the story, rolled the window down, she curled her fingers, she said, come here. He he leaned over, he he put his head through the window. <laughs> and I'm like, I end, and he's like, the chick grabbed my fucking throat. <laughs> she got me in a chokehold. She said, Don't ever follow a woman home. 
Um, Rosh is asking, is it okay for a woman to be physically violent with a man she went on a date with? Oh, I would say as, generally no, but in this particular case, I still think it's justified. For the for the humor value in, in this situation. And I can tell you right now, I can't think of any jury in the world that would convict her of battery if she slapped him. Or choked him. Um, or choked him, which she did. But but that's also, when it comes to where our zeitgeist is at, uh, it's suing people for the... You know, the most you could agree to have a fight with somebody in a parking lot and then you lose the fight and then you sue the person who hurt you more. Depends on what state you're in. Washington. No. In, in Washington, there you can have uh, like mutual mutually accepted combat. And then there's. There, it's 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 under the assumption of risk defense in, in civil suits. Interesting. I, so. Uh, what would happen, like, here's where you would be able to probably sue and win is, say, you and I get into a fight in the parking lot where, like, I want to fight you. And you say, okay, I'll fight you. And let's say you win and, like, I'm knocked down. If after I'm knocked down, you kick the crap out of me, like, that's no longer, there, there's going to have to be some level at which, like, you say, okay, that was excessive. I wonder if there's any precedence for that and, and where that line would be drawn. Um you know, I don't know, but it would it, it would it would end up being the kind of reasonable expectation, which is it's the same thing that applies in sports, where if you're in every once in a while, you'll see somebody get convicted of like assault in a sports game, because if you get injured, like in football, you get tackled. And when you get tackled, you break your arm by the way that you fell. You're not going to be able to win any lawsuits. But if after the play they take a swing at you or something like that, then you're going to probably have a decent chance to win because is it reasonably expected that you might get injured after a tackle, which is part of the game? Yes. Is it reasonably expected that someone's going to take a swing at you after a play? No. Yeah. And same thing with like hockey where like if you board somebody, that's expected. And if the person gets hurt from that, well, tough luck, that's expected. But if someone swings the stick at you and you get injured, well, you might, and even in the NHL, like there have been times where criminal charges have been filed against players for swinging the stick violently at another player because that's not a reasonable expectation from the game. Yeah, a lot of testosterone in, uh, in the NHL, especially, you know, especially all the professional sports, but but that's so if you have if you're in a state like Washington that allows kind of mutually agreed combat or whatever, then it's going to be was the re, were the injuries something that could have been reasonably expected based on what both parties agreed to. Speaking of the zeitgeist, we're almost out of time here, but um, I think we will be having a conversation soon, um, maybe us on air. But I think the kind of the zeitgeist in general over the next three to four years about women competing in men's sports and the crossover to to where that's going, uh, especially as we have more transgender athletes uh, competing in sports. So I'm, I'm really- Well, if you have just non-trans women competing in men's sports, that, that what's wrong with that? Like, um, I agree. I've refereed co-ed soccer where teams have to have 
it, the way it works is you ha- you can have a max if it's, if it's eleven aside soccer, then you can have a maximum of six guys on the field, and then as many women as you want. And so, I've but, but, I've refereed that, and it's it's just like soccer, and like well, we the have, women well, get treated on, just well, like have, the men do. We have seconds left here, but point being that as we have a greater number of transgender people entering sports, typically the men's leagues are more competitive uh then not more competitive but i don't know the better let's better save all this for another topic yeah well it is a lot but, I, but I don't think you know we got a couple years before it's a, a really super relevant topic but but i think it will be just a, a forethought on that note thank you guys for joining us and uh wishing you all a good evening and uh, we'll see you guys soon laters adios thank you rushed all right this is the other end thank you for joining as always uh You've reached the end of the podcast. So if you made it this far, I'm going to ask for your support, whether uh, it means you subscribe or you share the podcast, whether you uh, like or comment, anything you do helps us out. And uh, in the spirit of the holidays, I love getting gifts. So uh, thank you very much. Love you guys. See you next time. I like PBR. I just got priced out of it.